Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because He is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to one of our newest Redemption Press authors, Katie Hawkins, and her new book, She Speaks Stories, Finding Hope, Help, and Healing in a Hard World. Katie lives with a joyful and enthusiastic passion to glorify God and make Him known. Blogs, co-hosts a podcast called She Speaks Stories, and leads online discipleship courses, all to encourage women and help lead them to hope in Jesus. Katie is a gifted leader and Bible teacher, and she has used her gifts to start various ministries, organize mission projects, lead retreats, and teach Bible studies. Married to a former Marine, Katie and her family have moved all over the U.S., and even to Japan before settling in Virginia. They have four children, two daughters-in-law, and five grandkids. She has never met a stranger and loves hearing and sharing people's stories. Reading is her foremost hobby, and she also loves to play games, socialize, hike, and swim. You can connect with her at katie at shespeaksstories.com or follow her on Facebook or Instagram. The She Speaks Stories pages. So let's roll that conversation. All right. Well, Katie Hawkins, welcome to the All Things Podcast. It is just a delight to have you on today. Thank you so much, Athena. I love being here with you. Yes. Well, I'm going to just start right out. Before we start talking about your book, She Speaks Stories, we're going to just give our audience a little glimpse into how God works good, even when it doesn't seem like he could possibly do it in your life. So let's just start out with, you know, one of your favorite Romans 828 stories. Why don't you share that with us? <laughs> okay. I, I There's so many of them that picking one was hard, but I thought, you know, I'll go with one of the more recent ones. I had uh, been diagnosed with an aggressive breast cancer and my family history, my dad died of cancer. My sister died young of cancer. My mother had cancer. She got healed miraculously, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, so obviously cancer in the family history. So my doctors were like, wow, we are going to run all these tests on you to make sure it hasn't metastasized already. They ran every test in the book. They call me up and the guy says, uh, do you want the bad news first or the, or the good news? I said, give me the good. <laughs> he said, the cancer has not spread anywhere else. The bad news is you have a bad appendix. I said, oh, well, imagine that, you know, and he's like, yeah, that has got to come out. He said, but the cancer is more serious. It's very aggressive. We've got to take care of that first. We're just going to hope the appendix will hang in there until we can take it out. And I'm like, okay, great. So start on all this chemotherapy and 
you know how it weakens your immune system and blah, blah. Okay, so then I have this episode where I have all this pain in my appendix and call my doctors who are about an hour away at a hospital up north in the DC area. And um, they're like, go immediately to the emergency room down there. So it's a different hospital. The ER guy after you know, running tests and stuff. He's like, you, we have to take your appendix out immediately. I'm like, well, I don't think we can because I'm on chemotherapy, la, la, la. Long story short, my husband gets hold of my, uh, my surgical oncologist and he's like, oh no, no, no. You get in an ambulance, you come to this hospital, you cannot, you would not survive an appendectomy an appendectomy right now. Anyway, so he they put me on all this antibiotics and just try to keep me in the hospital till it settles down. Go going forward, I eventually have the breast surgery. A couple of weeks later, he's like, "Let's get that appendix out." The follow-up of that appointment and and truthfully, um because I do a podcast, there's a big uh, audience of listeners that were praying because my podcast partner was telling them everything and they were following the cancer story and blah, blah, blah. So ton of people praying. Okay. The follow-up appointment after the appendix surgery, he looks at me, he says, no one is ever, ever, ever thankful for breast cancer, but you should be because it saved your life. He said, your appendix was filled with cancer. And he said, appendix cancer is asymptomatic until it births. And then it's too late because it goes all through your body. There's no, you, there's no chemo that treats it or an operation. You just pretty much die, you know? And he said, because you had that breast cancer and we ran all those tests, we caught it. And he said, and remember when you were in the hospital and you had all that pain? He said, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen as a surgeon. He said, your appendix actually did like poke a hole and the cancer cells came out, but they were encased in this little sack and they stuck to the side of your appendix. He said, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but I was able to get it all. And I said, praise God. (laughs) What, you know, he works all things together for good, including horrible breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and of course I told him all about all the people praying and that really was a miracle. Yeah. And he's like, interesting, interesting. (laughs) I love that. How, how God answers prayer in such creative ways, even to make the doctor like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was just quite the journey. And just the way he worked so many things together through that whole valley, you know, like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But when he is telling you, but don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I am with you. He really means it. <laughs> yes, he does. I love that story. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So you, the, the book that you wrote was kind of, uh, 
it came from a situation with your daughter who didn't respond real well to your breast cancer diagnosis. Tell us a little bit about her reaction and why it prompted you to actually write this book. The first thing out of her mouth, and I know it was a gut reaction, but she said, mom, I've been praying and praying and praying that your biopsy would be negative and you wouldn't have cancer. And now you do. She said, first of all, I don't understand prayer at all. I'm done with prayer. Um, and then she said, and I'm, I'm thinking that God is punishing me. He's going to let you die to punish me for not following him. Mm. And I'm like, oh, sweetheart. No, 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 no. God is not like that. And truly, the motivation, I think, from that conversation was kind of twofold. One part of it was I wanted to defend God to Molly in a way. Like, honey, he's not like that. How could you think that? And and I also wanted to kind of protect Molly in that if I did die, where would she turn? Where would she find real hope and help in her sorrow? Mm-hmm. And it, it, the way she was thinking and, and truthfully, the, the way she was living her life, she wouldn't have turned to God at all. She would have turned even more against oh, well, him. Right. And she would have turned to the things in the world that the world says will bring hope and comfort and, and healing of a broken heart. She would have turned that way and that would have been the ruin of her. And I'm like, honey, no, no, no. God, God is a good God. He loves you. He is the source of real hope and help. And I wanted her to know that in case I did die. And um, I wanted her to know him. And not just her, so many people that maybe they grew up with a faith, but then never made it their own as a young adult, or just a lot of questions, or or just people that have really never found a real connection with Jesus Christ. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to share my story in the hopes that people will see God for the kind and loving and relational and personal God he really is. Mm. So, so there you go. So good. So since your daughter, Molly, was pivotal in the inspiration of your book, what was her reaction after reading it? <laughs> Great question. And again, that answer is kind of layered also. Molly read the book in chunks, kind of. So I remember after she had read some of the chapters, she called and she was angry, angry, angry. She's always been like very defensive of me and kind of protective. She's the only girl. I have three sons. So I don't know, maybe for that reason. And um, as she was reading, obviously she had lived a lot of these stories with me. And she knew some of the depths of uh, certain stories that I couldn't go into detail and tell all the grit So it brought up memories and she was focusing on the details of the inner story 
instead of the hope of the higher story. Mm -hmm. And so she got all angry. Now, the good thing was it prompted lots of good conversations because I'm like, sweetheart, I did not write the details of some of these stories to say, woe is me and look at these people picking on me. I wrote it because everyone has relational difficulties in this world. Everyone has confusion at, at some times about doctrine or just differences. In this world, you will have trouble. Right. I said, sweetheart, I wrote the book so you would see how God steps in when we do go through trouble. Not to blame the people <laughs> and get mad. Mm. And, and so she's like, yeah, yeah, okay, mom. Anyway, then she reads more and more. By the end, she called me up one day and she's like, oh, mom, I finally finished your book. And uh one particular analogy I gave in the book is a is like a poem, not really a poem, I don't know what you call it, but an analogy of a tandem bike ride. And the the essence of the little story is that the person telling it says, you know, I knew about God, he was in my life, but eventually you know, he provided this tandem bike, but I was in the front <laughs> pedaling and he was in the back. I wanted, a, and the, the idea is I wanted him in my life, but he wasn't going to lead. And then somewhere along the way, they changed places. And the, the author of the story is in the back of the bike and Jesus is pedaling and steering. And they're going around curves and turns and jumping over ravines and but he knows bike secrets and it's an adventure. And, you know, when I think I can't go anymore, he just says, keep pedaling. Anyway, she referred to that little story and it was the best conversation because I knew she could see herself in that, that she knew all about God growing up. She wanted Jesus in her life. She wanted to be saved and not go to hell. But she really never, did not want to surrender and uh, get in the back and let Jesus lead. And that story kind of prompted. And I thought, good, good. The book's doing what I wanted. In a way, just making people think more deeply. Where are you with Jesus in your connection? And uh, the idea of surrender, it's hard. It it's is. Hard, but it's necessary if you're going to call him Lord. Yes. So, absolutely. yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, she had to work through the anger and, you know, have those opportunities for you to talk back and forth about it. I love that, that it just opened the door to that so that then, you know, she could receive the rest of the story and, and ponder it without, yeah. without that being in the way. I love yeah. that. So, your book is centered on stories and you also have the podcast, the She Speaks Stories. Why do you feel stories are important to you and your ministry? What do you think we can learn from other people's stories? I love stories, first of all, <laughs> obviously. And in my book, I quote Brene Brown. She, if you know her, she's written a ton of books and she's a wise woman. Anyway, she literally talks about story being in our DNA and that when we hear a good story, 
our brain like it lets off a certain chemical like that gives us that that feeling and that impetus and so to me stories are powerful god designed us to learn from them gather um connect i love stories and why i think they're so important People can see themselves in your story in a way. And um, our tagline on the podcast is stories change lives. And the idea is I can hear your story. I can put myself in it. I can think, you know, if God did that for her, maybe he, he, he could do that for me too. Or you share some wisdom that God showed you as you were walking through the valley and I can gather some of that wisdom and go, well, maybe I don't have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and just grab a little wisdom. Um, there was a, another quote from that Brene Brown. She said, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. It's in the courage of vulnerability we find connection with one another and then potentially friendship with them. I, I wanted to read that because some of the stories I told me in my book, and then when I was rewriting and editing, I'm like, I need to take that out. I don't want the whole world to know this about me. And I felt like God was saying, if you're going to talk about my hope and help and healing, you need to be honest about real deep things. And if you can share your story and be honest about how you felt shameful about things or it, you might set someone else free from exactly. shame that they're inadvertently carrying that I have set them free from there. And so to me, stories go deep. They really can help set people free from all kinds of misconceptions or, um, I don't know. They give courage. They can yeah. give hope. They can give wisdom. And what's funny when you said, yeah, I, I'm going to take that out. I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Those are usually the stories that God is saying, Oh no, you know, you need to, the one you don't want to share is the one you need to put in there because someone's going to read it and go, wow, she gets me. Exactly. She understands. Exactly. And that's powerful. Exactly. And then there's a connection made that you wouldn't have made. Right. right. It, you know, if you come across with just all the answers, but none of the problems. The struggles. Yeah. Then it's like, well, she has it all figured out. No, no, no. God has it all figured exactly. out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So you acknowledge in the title of your book that life is hard. What advice do you give women who are struggling with finding joy and hope? The only advice I would dare to give is to look in the right place for hope. And um, again, like I was saying about Molly, it, if we look to the world and what the world says is going to bring you happiness is going to bring you joy, is going to solve your problems. It's all, it's shallow and it's empty. And at the end of the day, it, it doesn't last. It doesn't fulfill. It doesn't bring real hope. And so to look to the hope giver, 
that the real helper, <laughs> the actual healer. Now that sounds kind of like high and lofty and theological, like, oh, just look to God. The actual advice would be there are practical things you can do every single day to keep your eyes on him and to receive help from him. And the biggest practical thing is to be in his word. Yep. And I know that uh, a lot of people, I've worked with young people a lot and or busy, you know, people. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't have time. I don't understand it. It doesn't really help me. It doesn't really connect. I don't get how you da da da. And truthfully, there really is no excuse today because there are so many ways you can get in the word podcasts and sermons <clears throat> and devotionals and books and Bible apps and Bible videos. And they, there is so, there are so many rich treasures to fill our minds, our hearts, our souls with truth and with the character of God. So we know him better, 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 better. And then when we do encounter those troubles, those trials and those tribulations, we can have a whole different perspective. Mm. Absolutely. And that is, you know, the enemy would love to keep us from opening the word and mm -hmm. opening that app on our phone or, or, or reading a devotion or, I mean, he would love for us to do that because he knows how effective it is to transform our thought life and our minds when we stay saturated in it. And, you know, I was going to wrap up our time by asking you for a tip or tool that would help our listeners remember that God really is always working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And you just did. <laughs> Which is awesome. you go. Do you have anything to add to that? Because I mean, that is, that's the best. But do you have any <laughs> other thoughts? Totally, totally the best. Stay connected to him. And um, no matter what kind of changes come your way, he's with you. No matter what kind of trials come, he's with you. No matter what kind of joys and rejoicing and celebrations, uh, he's with you. And to cultivate that relationship where he literally becomes your best friend, <laughs> uh, um, not in a disrespectful way. Yes, he's your Lord and you worship him and there's a huge respect for him. And yet at the same time, he's so intimate that he really is your best friend. And uh, boy, when you have a best friend like the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God, what can you not walk through? Right? Exactly. So that's it. I love that. I love that. So if we have some people listening today who want to connect with you online or on social media, whatever, what's the best place for them to find you? Um, our She Speaks Stories has a website, so shespeaksstories.com. There's Facebook, and it's She Speaks Stories, and Instagram, and um, Katie at She Speaks Stories is an email. So, yeah, if you remember those three S's, She Speaks Stories, you can find me. Awesome. Well, and we'll also include it in the show notes. And Thank you so much for being with us today. It was just delightful. And I know we could have talked for an hour easy, but um, <laughs> I just wanted to get the nuggets that we could get into our 
short period of time and that was just a delight so thank you so much for your time today thank you for your ministry um just god bless your ministry as you continue to provide a platform for you know god to sh show up and show off in the lives of the people that you interview on the podcast amen amen thank you athena thank you so much appreciate yeah. it amen well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.